And now, here's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley, starting at 5 o'clock, the way we do it on Tuesdays with our visit with Nikki Collin, Baylor women's coach, brought to you, uh, well, by a host of sponsors, but uh, appreciate UBO always, uh, tremendous services, Sean Hunt and that group over there. But the weekly appearance, uh, Nikki, hope you had a uh, wonderful Christmas, and uh, you might have traveled a little bit. I know you probably sent your team, some of your players home. Is it... Um, with all these te- games being canceled because of COVID, do you? I mean, you can't make your players stay on campus or quarantine or anything. But does it make it? Uh, does it make it a little weird this time of year, knowing that uh, well, you can't really control what they're up to when they're at home. Yeah, no doubt. But let's be honest, you can't control what they're doing when they're here either. You know, <laughs> and, and I think uh, I think the reality is with with Omicron that. It's one trip to the grocery store. It's one, you know, it's just, it seems to be so um, highly contagious that, you know, I know a lot of um, teams right now that, you know, that have bigger rosters than ours, but, you know, have seven or eight COVID positives right now on a 14-player roster. So, you know, it's, 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 it's out there for sure. And I'm sorry about my voice. I don't know. No. You know, it's like you're back from Christmas and they're tired and out of shape. And obviously, like, I raised the level <laughs> of my voice a little too much over the last three days. It's okay. I mean, you, you, you've, you've done these with me before. I, I end up talking a lot. So, I'll, you know, I'll try to – I've had some issues myself, <laughs> by the way. And uh, throat coat, herbal tea, throat coat, you get it at Whole Foods – there may be some places in the Waco area that have it as well, uh, but uh, you, uh, yeah, give it a try. That is the best thing. Or oh, and a shot of steroids. Also, yeah, not screaming at, <laughs> not screaming at your players can can help as well. But uh, I, uh, and not that that's what you're doing, but you kind of, I'm sure you had to kind of maybe lift the intensity. Let's put it that way, <clears throat> of, of of the practices. Now, um, you you did find somebody to play. <clears throat> and that's always an interesting thing. We did thing. find somebody to play, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the good thing is it's, it's from right down the road. And the truth is a lot of these games are being canceled, and so it is good. You first got to get somebody to play, and you got to find some team that's healthy. And, and uh, that, that you know, and I, I'm curious, by the way, and I, if you can't answer this, don't answer it. Uh, it's so totally fine. But ha- testing-wise, I mean, if you've got young, healthy folks who most of them have been vaccinated, I don't know why you would be testing all the time. It doesn't totally make sense to me. Do you still have to, like, test two or three times a week, or, or can you shed any no, light no, on that? No, or, um, yeah. we, we, You know, and, I, and I, I'm not suggesting there isn't some conversation um, across the country, across leagues, across universities um, in terms of, you know, rethinking testing possibilities yeah we obviously felt like in the midst of um the delta variant and it you know the vaccination seemed to be working there were very few breakthrough cases and and so unvaccinated um you know people players staff you know have not um, been getting tested unless unless they were symptomatic and so you know i mean okay yeah, I, I think, you know, but we, you know, obviously talked on the radio last week about policies changing. And, you know, within a few hours, policies had changed in terms of nice. 12 and forfeits and, 
you know, because you, you can't control it. You know, if your mm-hmm. team and your staff is mostly vaccinated and people are still getting it, then what control do we have over our ability to play play the game? And so, um, you know, was was happy about that, at least to see that dynamic change. And as much as we, we want to keep our players healthy and we want to play games, um, we certainly don't want to be penalized for doing things the right way or trying to. Yeah. Today, you know, it's never enough, is it? We get we get we get fully vaccinated. We get a booster shot, and then today I met with a buddy uh, on a deal we were talking about, and he said uh, that he had had his fourth shot. <laughs> I thought, oh, I thought, my gosh, do we have to? I mean, I, didn't I just always. To. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're always behind. I was just happy to have right, my right. booster. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure we don't need some kind of uh, booster for omicron but they've said like they're they're not going to have that ready in time and then we'll be on to whatever's next in the greek in the you know greek alphabet so you know i i don't know i don't know what's next at this point yeah yeah omicron we'll uh we're monitoring that fortunately it doesn't seem to be as awful as the old delta strain talking to nikki collin on her weekly appearance uh nikki what are you uh, given a little time to get everybody back from break here and try to get some practices in, and then, of course, it'll be time for conference. It's right around the corner. What do you find yourself, uh, other than trying to make sure everybody, you know, is in some level of shape uh, and, and conditioning, what do you find yourself really dialing down on? Where where are the areas? Because, uh, you know, practice time becomes very precious because once that season gets going, you know, sometimes it's few and far between. What do you find those uh, – what, what are you really drilling down on right now? Yeah, I think a lot of it is, you know, execution-driven at both ends of the court, um, really dialing into, you know, what has worked for us and, and what do we – you know, what do we need to scrap, um, whether it's a play or whether it's an action that you thought was going to be great for you, um, but the results haven't necessarily been there. What has been good that, you know, we really need to feel like that's a go-to, you know, and then even in terms of defensive execution, ball screen coverage, um, you know, which lineups are best in which situations and things like that. And so, you know, you know, looking back, you know, I, I know when we talked last week, it was supposed to the Michigan game and there was disappointment. and, And I think my players were shocked when I told them that I didn't watch the Michigan game until Saturday. Um, because, and it's funny because people think that, um, you know, it's an emotional thing. You need to watch it right after it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it wasn't that watching it, usually when I watch a game, um, I'm never as happy as I thought, and I'm never as disappointed as I thought, you know, regardless of outcome. Um, but what I am is very solution oriented and it's just how I'm, I'm programmed. I'm wired, you know? And so I took the approach, like, I haven't spent a lot of time with my kids um, in months, and I was going to watch the game when I got back. You know, I gave myself a full day to get back um, before we we practiced, and, you know, it wasn't so much about being emotional or disappointed. It was simply like I knew the minute I watched it, I was going to be in solution mode. I was going to be in how do we fix it, what do we fix, what did we do wrong, how do I fix that, um, and not wanting to spend my entire break um, at home, like, in problem solving solution mode. And so, you know, I think for us, it's some of the things that, you know, we have to get better at is, is we, we just, we've said it, but we've had to drill it. We've had to show it. We've had to demand, 
you know that our that our guards that our guards rebound you know that they get in and they they're active on the glass um you know because that was a difference in the game i think you know i i know we we wanted to win the game we we certainly had chances to win the game um but we held michigan to 28% on first shots like so we did a lot of things well on defense um i mean they ended up 36% in the game and that number goes up because of second chance opportunities um and so we did a lot of things right in terms of taking the right things away but it's like finishing possessions you know it's really finishing possessions it's really understanding even at the offensive end you know when we need to roll and when we need to pop and when we need to stay down and and be there for the drop pass and and really getting them to understand that even though we're going to play to Nalissa a lot that we've got to stop turning the basketball over trying to get her the ball and make the right decision um you know, and the right decision is sometimes to not pass it to her, you know, to pass it to a more open player. And for those players to search openings, you know, and, and not take bad shots, but be ready shooters, be prepared, um, you know, and be engaged so that we have, in, in my opinion, like if you're going to be a good offensive team, you have five players hunting shots all the time. Does that mean you take shots? No, but it means you're ready. Your your feet are ready. Your hands are ready. You're calling for the ball. And if the defense rotates to you, you make the next right play. And so, you know, a lot of it's that, like really getting them to understand we need to continue to make the best play, the right next play, the right next action. Um, because I think, you know, it still comes down to us growing offensively in terms of balance and effectiveness and making the right play. Because I think outside of, you know, the second chance points from a defensive perspective, we've been really solid. Have you started to look at the um, and really study some of these Big Twelve opponents coming up? Uh, I know you know maybe you're supposed to say um, you know we're only focused on UNT, but you have a huge conference slate that is uh, that will start hitting quickly. How how much have you gotten to kind of look ahead? And and it also probably helps that you've you've crossed paths with some of these folks. Um, how, how much have you started yeah. to look ahead to, to some of those upcoming matchups? You know, it's been more, um, you know, I, I've got a really good video coordinator and, um, you know, one of the things we talked about back in September was, you know, we, we need to know every opponent, what are they going to do against our ball screens? Um, you know, what are we going to have to guard? Like, what are we going to have to, um, you know, without saying, hey, we're working on Texas's dribble drive. Like, what are the actions that we're going to have to be able to guard? Um, just generally speaking, as a, far, a part of our base defense, you know. And so often what the non-conference does is prepares you. Like, UNT, you know, if you compare who we were going to play in Houston Baptist to UNT, I mean, you're talking about UNT being 75 in the net versus Houston Baptist being closer to 300. Um, so a significant upgrade um, in terms of, quote, quality opponent um, at this point based on their numbers, you know. And admittedly, I did not watch Houston Baptist um, because, you know, we knew we weren't going to play them at the point that I would have started watching film on them. So, you know, I know I'm going to say superficially I've certainly watched Texas and – competed against Vic when he was at, at uh, Mississippi State or even mm-hmm. when I was at Arkansas and he was still Gary Blair's defensive coordinator at A&M. 
Um, you know, Bill Finley will tell you he's the only I'm, – I'm the only player that's turned him down twice um, as a recruit. So I've, I've known Bill forever. I know how they play. You know, I watched them against Iowa State. I watched them against LSU. You know, I watched Texas against Princeton this week. Um, I watched Kansas State against Oregon. So, you know, I've watched it um, that way. I haven't done the possession by possessions, pause, pause, okay, you know, what are they doing in this situation? What are they doing in that situation? Um, I've watched Texas against Baylor last year and the SEC, you know, or the SEC, the Big 12 tournament, things like that. So um, I, I've I've been diving in enough to know some of the general stuff, but certainly not at a like a molecular level where, you know, I have like here's here's what we have to be able to do. You know, here's what we need um, to be able to do day in and day out. It's it's just kind of more of a foundational perspective. What do we have to be good at to be good in our league, which is always going to be important here at Baylor. Now, did you um, did you when you were taking the job, did you start sort of making demands on? What sort of uh, uh, you wanted your office to look like at the new pavilion? Did you start? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad deal to accept a, uh, you know, to get one of the most storied jobs in the country. And oh, by the way, they're going to build a downtown arena, or we can call it whatever we want to. It's going to, you know, extend the campus. Uh, that's that's got to be very exciting, I would think, for you recruiting. What, what is that like for a coach? Um, and you start seeing all the models of it and imagining what that thing's going to look like. Uh, how much excitement is there with the uh, – I mean, most of these players are going to be gone maybe by the time the arena's built for 2024. But what, what, is it, what is it like for you as a head coach to know this thing's coming down the pike? Yeah, it's incredibly exciting. I mean, I certainly knew about it in the interview process. Um, and I think when you're talking about um, – respecting the past but trying to put your stamp on the program you know it's just it's kind of a, a beautiful way to be able to do it and you know I've had a lot of meetings um, you know f- quite frankly from maybe the second week I was hired on in terms of the architecture I've gotten to blow out walls um, you know plan the practice gym and what it looks like um, totally reconfigure the locker room in terms of how I view that space and the functionality of that space. And so, um, you know, I've just, I've gotten to put my, my fingerprint on it, you know, in terms of what is important to me um, in my office space. I mean, I immediately took the space that they had and started blowing out walls um, before there were real walls. So I like to believe that it was an inexpensive um you know, open concept opportunity. Um, but, you know, I'm just, it's how we use our space. And, you know, it's been so fun because, like, right now we're just, we're such an interactive staff and we have our players up in our office space every single day and we have nowhere to congregate. Um, you know, we just don't have that shared space. And so, you know, even looking at how the office was originally designed and saying, no, we need we need space. Like I told them, I wanted it to look like a Delta Lounge, you know, in terms of having, you know, pods of space and workspace and hangout space and TV space. Um, yeah, the players are always going to have their their locker room, and that's theirs. Um, but we we kind of wanted that interactive shared space where it's a comfortable, you know, we've got the river views. Like I've taken out walls and put up glass so that 
from anywhere. You can kind of see out to the river and, um, you know, things like that. So, you know, it's just been a really cool way to, um, you know, kind of make a space ours, you know, really, truly ours. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun. And uh, it's going to, you know, all the development that will go in. There will be lots of bells and whistles. And, uh, by the way, we have no idea what a Delta Lounge is around here. You, you remember what part of the country you're in now, right? This is uh... – <laughs> Well, okay, we'll call it what, – what, I mean, uh, Admiral I not, Lounge. You know, I, have yeah. not, I got – I will admit, like, when I, was, when I was the head coach of the Dream, my staff for my birthday bought me a Delta Lounge pass. Because we travel commercial in the W. We didn't have the charter college charter world. So, you know, kind of having that space to work and be, you know, and and um, so. So, yeah, an (laughs) airline lounge, call it American, call it United Club, whatever it is. You know, it's kind of like that whole idea of of just comfortable space where people can work, play, you know, and hang out. So commercial travel with the WNBA, you start walking through airports with six four, six six women. Would you get some interesting looks? Yeah, I mean it's it. There's no question. You know, they um, there there's going to be staring. I've always said, even when you travel <laughs> with any team, when every when everyone's kind of um, matching, you know, and and everyone's got a team sweat. You know, the, the thing that there was always like admittedly discouraging to me when I was when I was in the W because when you're in we're in you're in the W you know you're coaching the best players in the world not not in the United States like when it comes to women's basketball you're you're coaching and competing against the best players in the world you know and and we would go into airports or get on airlines and people would see them and they'd be like they'd look at us and say what's the Atlanta dream you know or when I was with the Connecticut Sun it would be like oh, you guys are with the Huskies, and I'm thinking, the Huskies don't play in the summer, you know? <laughs> like, so it's kind of that whole idea of, of you know, you're, you're so fighting for relevancy at that level, and you think, like, dang, these guys really deserve for people to know who they are, and it's mind-boggling, like, um, you know, kind of that, that people don't know who they are, and you're talking about some of the best athletes in the world, and so, so yeah, it's a, it's a little, it's a little different, it's, um, you know, and I, I've, I've told, like, I've told our girls that, like, you know, like, hey, you, you want to be pros, and it's amazing that you've been raised with the WNBA as a goal. Like, amazing. Like, when I was growing up, it didn't exist, you know. And so, you know, to have something to aspire to at a young age is amazing. But it's a, but players have such a reality check when they go from, um, you know, kind of the world they're in here at Baylor where people know their names and, are talking about them, that people know them in the community, people know them, um, you know, people know who Melissa Smith is, you know, and, and and hopefully she ends up being the number one pick in the WNBA draft. And and besides Baylor fans and, and you just, you know, six months from now, people might not know who she is. And that's crazy yeah. to me, you know, like yeah. it's just, it's crazy to me. Like people are going to know who Cade Cunningham is, you know, like it's just, it's just a different world and, and they're going to go from, you know, posh locker rooms and, and charter travel to, you know, depending on, you know, what team, you know, they're, they're, they're going to get, you know, comfort plus now with the new CBA and now they're getting rookies at least get their own rooms, 
um, on the road, but it's just it's a little bit different world. You know, they'll enjoy their per diem and they'll enjoy getting a paycheck, but yeah. um, well, you know, it's it's um, it's just it's it's kind of like sometimes they realize like, wow, I had it real real good <laughs> when I was yeah. in college. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's it you know it doesn't go as fast as it needs to sometimes. The improvements and Nancy Lieberman back in the day. That's who when I was a kid. That's who I would watch, and she was with the Dallas Diamonds, I believe it was, and that was one iteration. And uh, this is better than that, but uh, it needs to get better, and we'll continue to to watch it. Coach, always fun to catch up with you, and uh, we will uh, see watch that. We'll watch you against North Texas, and then get ready for that conference slate. Look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. You bet. There she goes. Nikki Collin, Baylor women's coach, joining us for her weekly appearance. And uh, it is now time. I want to get back into some.